Mmm, that's good. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Morning Marketing. That's right, it's all on the same day and time. Because, well, I, I, I was having some fun this weekend. So, it happened. I'm doing it a little bit day later. But that doesn't mean that it's still not in the morning. Anyways, I'm your host, Brett Dicer. So, let's get on with it. All right. So, there's a new study about Generation Z because they're all the rage now. Because my generation is not that cool we're not cool anymore uh gen y we're 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 not good we're not good enough anymore we're, we're getting too old we're old school now we're just oldies we're old fogies now the gen z is the one that marketers actually care about the most because they are they're rising up and coming new um demographic that will be maybe spending a lot but the f- interesting thing about it is that gen z also doesn't like ads very much especially digital ads uh, now, Gen Y is, um, cinema ads are okay, and there isn't too much discrepancy between that, but Gen X does not like cinema ads. Uh, billboard ads, uh, outdoor ads, uh, across the board, Gen Y, uh, Gen Z, and Gen X do not like it that much, uh, below 40, uh, 50%. Magazine ads, actually, my generation loves it, and Gen X, Gen Z, not so much. Newspaper ads, mine... Generation's the only one that likes it. And uh, product placement in movie or shows, no one really likes it. TV ads, my generation likes it. Radio ads, no, nobody really likes those. Um, well, Gen Z actually likes it less than the other two generations. Other uh, online display ads, um, Gen X does not like online ads whatsoever. 29%. Online search ads, 25%. Online display ads, mobile, 22%. Uh, video ads, laptop or PC, 23%. And video ads, mobile, 21%. Um, and then across the board, it's mostly the last three is below uh, 40% for each one of the groups. Um, Gen X and Gen Z are more likely not to like uh, online display ads. Less likely to actually like them than Gen Y, mine. I don't know why we just don't really like them. I mean, what they do want um, is kind of skippable ads. So if you can if you can allow them to be skipped, Gen Z will be more open to it. So the positives is mobile app rewards. Gen Z, Gen Z, and Gen Y both love it equally. Skippable pre-roll ads. Um, Gen Z overwhelmingly over fifty percent likes it. Gen Y and then Gen X. Um, skippable ver- vertical video, um, it's a, it's below 50%, but still it's majority liked. Social click to play, um, it's it's okay. People, most of the generations, three different ones like it. Skippable mobile ad pop-up, um, mostly in agreement with liking those. In banner click to play, um, not so much. View to play below 40% and some below 30%. I know, below 40% actually. Social autoplay. Now this is what um, Gen Z doesn't like. They don't like autoplay, they don't like in-banner autoplay, and they don't like pre-roll and mobile uh, app pop-up. So don't autoplay your stuff with Gen Z. And also Gen Gen X doesn't like mobile ad app pop-up either. Um, My generation is more forgiving, I guess, about that. But if you really want to reach Gen Z, 
Do not do any of the autoplay stuff because they do not like that in the slightest. It's it's not very positive. The only two positives that Gen Z likes is skippable pre-roll ads and mobile app rewards. Um, so there's another thing. Now for the characteristics of the ads, this is important. Um, Gen Z loves it funny or humorous um, by 72% and then Gen Y and then Gen X is at uh 60%. Uh, good music, Gen Z loves that. Uh, and then it follows Gen Y and then follows Gen X after that. Telling an interesting story, once again, Gen Z loves it. Um, Gen Y, not so much. Apparently, we don't like interesting stories. <laughs> and then Gen X, sorry, I do like to make fun of my um, generation a little too much. Um, using special effects, Gen Z loves it. Features of famous celebrity, not so much. It's Gen Y that loves that. Features augmented reality, yes, they do love augmented reality, which is an interesting thing, but it's also a newer uh, tech, so it's not surprising that the younger generation li likes it than the older ones. And then features an online social media personality, that's where Gen Z likes it the most, um, but if you do really want to maximize um, hitting Gen Z with the with positive ads, it has to be funniest, funny or humorous, funniest? Uh, funny or humorous has to have good music or has to tell an interesting story those are the two those are the three main things that you should really care about special effects does help but it's it's like 26 on the scale and the other ones 72 58 and 56 so i would look at those top three um if you're more looking for gen y um funny or humorous is always a good bad good music all uh, also, nah, not, not the in, tell an interesting story. I don't care about that as much. Famous Celebrities does help uh, as well. But yeah, that, that's what I would lean towards more if I was looking at it. So if you are trying to market to Gen uh, Z, be sure your ads are all skippable. If you want to really, really hit the ground running and make it really good ad campaigns. Also, Social Rewards is also really good. And then as always... Being funny or humorous, good music, an interesting story will always help uh, the Gen Z crowd uh, like your ads a lot more than if you didn't have it. So those are the three things to remember uh, if you really want to be popular in that um, in that uh, generation. Now, if you don't, you can do the other way around. My generation is more forgiving, I guess, of ads. I'm not so forgiving. If you do pre-roll ads, I kind of don't like them that much, but... I think it's, I think for my generation, it's more of a fact of life that we just gotten used to, I guess. Um, but yeah, I never, I never, I never really like it. To be honest with you, never, never, ever, never, ever, ever like it. Uh, but anyways, moving on to Instagram. So Instagram has announced that they are actually going to be showing ads in their stories. That's right. So uh, if you were ever wondering how you can get your ads on uh, stories, well, right now it's just being tested out by some partners. So Airbnb is one of them. Uh, but since uh, Instagram has people check out Instagram stories, 150 million times, 150 million people check them out. That's a good indicator that they are going to start to monetize it because it's already grown. It's already actually a pretty good platform. So. Um, how it's going to work is that uh, the person has to watch a story or several stories in sequence and then the ad kicks in and then they can skip it too. 
So uh, I would be sure that if you are going to do this, make sure it is good, compelling. It's funny, has good music, has an interesting story to tell. Aha! Um, that's why I kind of led into the, the first one, into this one. It's all part of my marketing plan. Uh, but make sure you do that so you can maximize on um, the generation. Because the, the main generations are, are going to be Gen X, Gen Y, and Gen Z. They're going to be using this more often. Um, so you want to maximize that. And um, if you just make an interesting, funny story, you, you will hit all the stuff that people really want to watch. This is what people like to watch. They like to they like to laugh, they like to have fun, they like to hear an interesting story that they've never heard of before. This is all what's going on within the minds of the youth. Ooh, most of the time. Other times it is trying to help people and um, being wrong. Sometimes my generation. I, I. Anyways, moving on. Let's not get into politics because that's not what this is all about. Uh, anyways, moving on to Facebook. So Facebook is going to let pages broadcast live video from desktop web. Now, I did check this weekend if I could still do it, and I still can't do it on my brand page. Now, on my personal account, I can do it. So there is a difference. I kind of wish it would transition over to my page, but it doesn't quite yet. But yes, this will allow you to actually do that. You can also have uh, also put other people onto it to do live partnerships or live videos or live influencers and not be a part of the admin page. It's also going to have a uh, URL finally for the um, for the video stream. So it's going to be face, facebook.com backslash paging backslash videos. So you're also going to have that mainstay URL as well. So it looks like it's kicking off live and also said before live contributors. So they don't actually have to be the page admin to actually uh, use live anymore. Uh, that's another big thing for this as well. Um, so if you are looking to get into this, this is probably the best way of doing it. I would guarantee this is the, one of the best ways of doing it, like, ever, 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 ever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, what now what's going to happen is that you're going to have to make better content. That's always going to be the thing, is that now you that you can use better video, it's going to have to be better content, the production quality is going to have to go up, which means prices are going to go up. So be prepared for it, at least try to try to find a strategy to actually use for that, because you're going to have to find one along the way if you don't. And if you don't, well, I'm sorry. That's what it is. All right, Facebook has updated dynamic ads. Um, so basically what this is is that dynamic ads allow you to target rival ads. That's right. So what it is now, what it's now going to be doing, uh, it's going to go be on remarketing of like remarketing people that have already looked at it and be like, oh, wait, don't leave. You should look at this again. It's going to actually uh, look at users' web browsing activity um, and also look at uh, users' behavior, which is another big thing as well. It's also going to look at the demographics because those are all likely key factors of if someone's going to click on your ad or not. So I would be on the lookout for that, making sure that you are prioritizing or fine-tuning your dynamic ads because that's the only way it's really going to work because dynamic ads are <laughs> dynamic. Um, but, uh, yeah, th this is the new thing of doing it. I kind of like that it allows you to actually 
target the rivals as well. So you can kind of maybe if someone's actually really upset about one of your rivals, you can be like, dynamic ads displacing, I hate this company, which is your rival. And then it's like, oh, would you like to check out this? This is the alternative. Like, oh, I would love to. I've been looking for an alternative. So that's why you should actually really care about that. But yes, that's what it's all about. Now, Facebook is also testing new mid-roll video ads. That's right, ads are coming to video or more, I should say, because the problem is, is that Facebook has hit its peak ad placement in Facebook that needs to find new ways of placing ads so we can make more money so it can keep on that money train. Um, so yeah, they're gonna do um, mid-roll ads. So about midway through, you might see an ad in there. Um, it's unfortunate byproduct of what Facebook is, but yes, they want to do that and they want to make sure that people are actually making um, videos as well. And if they're making videos, they will actually get a portion of the of um, the ad revenue as well because Facebook wants to make sure that everybody, all the good content is going to Facebook instead of YouTube. Um, so it's trying to pull away from Pull, pull people away from its rival and put into there. Usually what will happen is that people will post on both because they don't want to lose either um, networks because each network has their own uh, specific groups. And so what I'm going to see is a more diverse marketing video marketing plan. Actually, it's going to be it's probably even going to like spin off into its own plan. Besides social media, it's going to be social media within video. It's going to have its own little target thing of like, who you're going after, what do you want to convey, how you're going to do it, because video is a very big project, nine times out of ten. Believe me, it's hard to do it by yourself, but it is doable. All right, are you still using the old Facebook Pixel? Well, you probably should stop, uh, because by February 15th, 2017, which is next month, actually a little, a little under a month, It'll be no more. You'll have to. It'll be removed. And you'll have to use, use the new one. So I would be sure that you're actually going to be using the new Facebook Pixel, as well. You can use the Pixel Helper if you need to. Uh, I use it. It's pretty good. Um, there's also um, WordPress plugins to also help you that if you're on a WordPress site to actually do. There's one pretty good one that does a one-step process. So if you're not really adept at putting code into the back end of WordPress, I would highly recommend it. Uh, looking for one, just put if you just put in Facebook Pixel, uh, it'll it'll populate with all a whole bunch of them. Um, my best uh, advice usually is to look at the reviews and how many reviews they have, because more likely more people are going to be using it. And you want to make sure that what you're using, a lot of people have reviewed it well. And it's not like two reviews. You're like I don't know if this will be good or not. I'm taking a really big chance on this one. So that's another thing to look at. Um, now there's nine new uh, options to consider. There's search, view content, add to cart, add to wishlist, initial checkout, add payment information, purchase, lead, and complete registration. And you can all put that in the pixel and then, you know, verify that all out. But yes, you need to actually move on to the new pixel and. I have a new Google Facebook pixel, not the Google pixel. There's there's a phone pixel, which is a really good phone. And there's Facebook pixel, which is more about their ads and their ad program than anything else. So I least wanted to differentiate between the two when I was actually talking through it. I was like, maybe we should, you know, differentiate. It's the Facebook pixel. It's not a phone, but you should move on from it because it, it 
the old one will not work anymore. So you marker is actually using Twitter dashboard. Well, you probably should stop using it. The reason is because it's being shut down. That's right. Twitter has decided to say sayonara to its dashboard. Now, its dashboard was an interesting little app. It only was available for web and iOS. You could not get it on Android, unfortunately. And it allowed you to basically have analytics and, and um, schedule tweets out as well. Um, it was a pretty good tool. But the, the unfortunate part is they, they had another one similar to it. It was more celebrity type, but it was very similar uh, to dashboard. So... It really, it really wasn't that big of a deal because you had, you have Buffer, you have Hootsuite, you have Sprout Social, you have all these other tools that you can use to do the exact same thing. So, it was weird when I heard that Twitter was doing it. I was like, well, I guess it kind of works, but I don't really understand why all of a sudden you're doing it now when there's other things that you could actually be doing. So, uh, so this to this end, it'll be shutting down uh, next month. February 3rd, so if you're using it, don't, or you can still try after February 3rd, and it won't work, but anyways, it won't work, it's unfortunate, now they said that they are going to bring most of the best stuff, or hope to bring, I should say, the best stuff from Dashboard onto Twitter at large, but um, we'll see if that actually happens or not, it may not happen, now, uh, it's unfortunate this happens, and it's unfortunate that, again, Twitter is announcing they're shutting down something else because they are they are going to shut down uh, Vine actually tomorrow. Actually, they're shutting down Vine tomorrow. To let you know, they're shutting down Vine tomorrow. You can't use it. It's going to be a camera, so don't try to log into Vine because you won't get anywhere with it. Uh, but yeah, it's unfortunate this, but. Like I said before, Twitter is having a little bit of a crisis problem because it's trying to figure out what it is, trying to figure out how to maximize uh, its product to reach as many customers as it can. The problem is, is that it's not doing a very good job and it keeps on trying to split off things and then bring it back onto Twitter. And I'm like, you have Periscope, but you have a Periscope camera within Twitter. And so do you really need to ever go to Periscope or you're just going to go through Twitter? So if that happens, then what's the point of Periscope, especially the app itself, because it's not really going to be useful anymore because you're just going to be looking through. I know you can actually look through other uh, live streams, but I'm pretty sure you could just look through a hashtag through Twitter anyways. So what's the point of it? So that's my thing. I know that was a really fast, long talk, but um, but my problem is, is that every time Twitter's doing this, they have their own product, they bring it into Twitter, and it's almost like they kill the reason for the app anyways. So my marketing mind is going... I don't understand the strategy because you're going with, this is a differentiated product. We're going to bring it into the fold so people won't really have to use it anymore. And so now I'm very confused. But you know what? I'm I'm hoping this year Twitter will finally figure it out, finally know its brand, know what it stands for, know exactly what they're looking for, and then move on from this because I don't want to see any more. <laughs> I don't want to see as many of this anymore. It gets a little annoying. Oh, we're going to shut down this one. Why'd you build it anyways? Moving on to YouTube. So YouTube releases super chat and live stream payment options. Um, so what I think is going to happen is that live is going to be a little bit more. It's going to be more and more monetized on YouTube, which could actually 
uh, see the other ones look to monetize them as well. Now, Twitch has already done this with subscriptions and whatnot, and you can actually do other emotes and um, other things like that within it, um, or bit emotes, I should say, is more of uh, the Twitch version of it. Um, but this is interesting to, to basically straight up uh, support that way through live streaming, like $5, a dollar, whatever you want to do. Um, and you can pick how much you want to do between it, uh, depending on how much you really want to spend on them. But you could do $2, $1, $5, probably up to 50 bucks. I could see. Uh, but yeah, you could be the super chatter and pay money for that. And you can get money and you, you can support them through that way. So um, this is going to be an interesting. It's it, 2017 is going to be an interesting transition or an interesting uh, coming of age phase for live video because live video was kind of launched or hit its hit it really hard last year. 2016 was a big year for it. Now I think it's gonna hit its strides and become more mature this year. And we're gonna see more and more and hopefully better content through it as well. Uh, could be wrong about that, but I'm not seeing that at all. Um, I'm not kind of like f feeling that intuition of, yeah, I don't know if this is going right, uh, but we'll see. Hopefully it doesn't go the way of uh, Vine, where it's just like, oh, no one wants to do this anymore. Because video, uh, live video is hard. Video in general is difficult. Live video is just more difficult because you're live, and if you mess up, it's it's there for everybody to see. All right, now Google is taking another stab at creation tools or website creation tools for small businesses. But I always preface this when. Google launches something like this, it's always going to be very basic. So if you're looking for a little bit more in depth, a little bit more than that, WordPress is always going to be your best bet. WordPress or Squaresoft as well. Squarespace, sorry. Squarespace is also another good alternative as well. Um, but this is just for people that just want to be on the web. And it's just a super easy drag and drop way of doing it. That's the best way of doing it. Now, I like WordPress over this one only because it's WordPress. It gives you a lot more features. It's pretty robust. It's really well maintained um, as well. There's a lot of different self-hosting sites you can pick. There's a huge uh, surplus of plugins to use as well. So you do have like a bunch of options for that. And that's why I usually suggest that. But like I said, if you're just looking to get on the web because you really are not on there and being a small business, you don't have a lot of time because you're doing almost everything, which is awesome and annoying at the same time because you're like, yes, I'm learning things, but I'm taking away from other things I could be doing, which is kind of frustrating. But yes, um, so if you are a small business that is looking just to start up and get on it and not, um, not really... Uh, have to worry too much about it and don't have to worry about it's mobile friendly or not this is probably your best bet for it but once again i have to warn you it's going to be very basic you're not going to have very many options because it's google when they launch something it's always the bare bones basics it's nothing advanced yet until they actually build it out and then when they start building it out now it's actually pretty uh advanced but right now it's it's not that advanced it's it's pretty basic all right snapchat updated last week with a search bar that's right you can now f actually search people more effectively uh, instead of just going into your contact list and searching that way you can actually search it through chats and story screen and you can actually find people and this has always been snapchat's main contention or main 
um, frustration with a lot of people is that I can never really find people and it's been frustrating to find people. So this is Snapchat's answer. I think this is a good, good way of building up your platform and making sure people stay on your platform. Find each other is always the most important thing because if you're not finding each other, then people aren't staying on there. If people aren't staying on there, ad revenue goes down, there's no community, and then you die. And so this is just another great way of doing it, especially since they have a lot of increased competition from Facebook specifically and Instagram is more of it, but since Facebook owns Instagram, it's basically Facebook. So they have a lot of competition from Facebook in general. Twitter's not really their competition, but Facebook is, and Facebook has been for a little while because they're a little because the CEO was a little miffed that the CEO of Snapchat said, No, I don't want to be bought out. Go take your money somewhere else. I want to do it myself. They've actually done a pretty good job of taking a lot of uh, eyeballs away. Um, but yeah, this is just another great unified search bar that will help people discover other people a lot better, a lot easier. And probably it's a good thing for brands as well because discovery for publishers and live stories is always going to help, especially with trying to figure out where to go and where to search for stories. Because always got to know, search for us. All right, Google has finally officially confirmed that they killed off Link Command. That's right. Um, Google has said to webmasters and SEO people, stop using Link Command because it's not going to be working. It's not functioning properly, so stop using it. That's been the old way of doing things, and it worked pr pretty well for quite a while, but since um, it just hasn't been working uh, at all. Uh, it's just not what it is. Um, now, Google has been moving away from it for some years. It's just it's been working, and now there's something just went no more. So if you're using Link Command or trying to use Link Command, stop. Don't do it. Don't do it anymore. It won't work. You'll be frustrated. You'll wonder why it's not working. And then you just have a bad day, and we just don't want that from you. We, we want you to have a good day, or at least I do. I don't know everybody else, but I want it. You have a good day. We're listening to this in the morning. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so I always try to use as many social networks as I can. doesn't mean I use them regularly, but I at least try to understand them. So there was this um, new, well, it wasn't as new, but it was a newer social network called app.net. And it was supposed to be a alternative to Twitter. It had... I had 256 characters and I had a, instead of 140. Um, it was more of a subscription-based uh, service. There was a free account, but it was very limiting. You could pay a monthly thing and have a little bit more options for it. And uh, it didn't have any official app. It, it was all done by third-party uh, developers as well. Um, so there's that too. So... What happened was is that there's this big hubbub. Uh, people kickstarted it. People loved it. They said they were awesome. So just, just the next wave of uh, social media. Look out, uh, look out, Twitter, because you have competition. It just never took off. It. J I, I used it for a little bit, and it was cool. But I just never really figured out why I should use this. And that's always the biggest problem with a lot of these social networks is. Why should I use your product when there's the same one 
like over here that I've been using for quite a while. Why should I use this? I mean, this is always the biggest selling point. Why should I use your product? And I don't think app.net really figured it out. I, they're always like, oh, we're the alternative. We don't have any ads. It's just a, it's just a subscription instead. Come over here. It's all nice. You got longer stuff. But it's like, oh, okay. But I mean, it's, it's Twitter. It's short. Like you can go this, this, and this. So why should I use this? And I don't think it ever really convinced anybody. I mean, it convinced a certain amount of people but it just never really convinced a whole bunch of people that it was the better alternative to Twitter. Um, I mean, Twitter's not doing very well, so maybe it wasn't the great best thing. But my main point about this is that if you're going to build a new social network, do not try to mimic any of the ones that are already out. The reason being is because you will ultimately fail and die because people will be like, I have this already. I don't need this. I don't need another one. I don't need another Facebook. I don't need another Instagram. I don't need another Twitter. I need something new and different than Twitter. I need something that Twitter isn't that can maybe fill the gaps between Twitter. That's why Pinterest was did so well um, in the beginning. I mean, it's still doing pretty well. That's why Snapchat has done so well because it's completely different from anything else that was happening. I mean, disappearing message, pictures, disappearing videos, that was unheard of. Um, so that was a really big win for them. Google Plus, when it started, it started off great, but it was it was described as a Facebook clone or a Facebook killer, but it was more of a Facebook clone. People were signing on to it and be like, why do I need to use this? I have this. The circle thing is cool, but it doesn't really make sense. It's just really confusing. I don't really know how to use this. So, ah, cognitive dissonance. I want to run away from something I don't really, I'm not sure about, really don't, I mean, I should like, but really don't like. And Facebook is kind of, uh, it's it's very understandable and I, and it, it's like an old best friend that you never talk to anymore. Um, so that was part of the reason why. So, I mean, from a marketing business perspective, thinking about your strategy, your business goal, and what you are is the pinnacle of how you start off a business. That's why I usually tell people to take some time to think about their business and their business model, or at least their business and who they are before they start launching. Because if you don't know what you are, no one else is going to figure it out for you. You got to figure it out for yourself. That's my two cents. It's, it's in the bucket. Moving on to um, fake news and Facebook journalism project. So the Facebook journalism project is supposed to bring stronger ties to news publishers. My problem is that um, this has been closely associated with um, fake news. The problem is with fake news is that... Uh, well, some of these um, publishers are the ones that actually report the fake news. Like, for example, last week about the BuzzFeed 35-page dossier, that actually wasn't true, not even verified, and a complete and utter failure for BuzzFeed in general. I mean, they tried to, like, they tried to work around with it when uh, Trump called them a, a dumpster, and so they made their own trash can for it, which I didn't really think it was funny. And I was kind of actually I thought it was funny because I think that's what BuzzFeed is, the, the trash of news. Um, I'm sticking to that one as well. Uh, but my problem is with this is that who's going to be checking the, the news publishers if Facebook's just going to have a stronger tie with them? And then what and what bigger collusion is going to be when it, when it 
in my head, it just doesn't work out very well. And as a business sense, I know who I can trust. And I don't know if I can trust either Facebook or the or journalism um, industry in general because they've had a very bad um, year last year. They have a branding problem of, hey, we'll give you the news, but it's always slanted. And you don't really know if we're telling you the truth or what we think you should know. We think we think is the truth or what we're telling you is what we view as the truth. It may not actually be the truth. It'll just be something that we want you to believe in because we told you so. So don't don't fact check. If you fact check, don't tell us that you fact check because we could be wrong and fact checking is hard. Um, but anyways, I get why Facebook's doing this because there have been calls of Facebook is um, like encouraging fake news. The problem is that fake news has been going on for quite a while in social media. It's not anything new. It's just everybody's all about it. Oh, the fake news. Oh, it's so terrible. And to be honest with you, it's it's not as bad as what people think. It's just it's it, part of the reason why fake news is so prevalent on Facebook is because of Facebook. And people are like, what? What? Huh? Facebook has an algorithm that basically figures out what you click on, what you like, etc., and then populates what new what um, newsfeed or like status updates or whatever materials that you usually like. It'll populate first, and so what happens is is that it will populate some news stories that may not actually be factually true, but that you agree with. And once you agree with it, you'll just automatically share it because why would you want to fact check it if you already agree with something? So the problem is, is that instead of what Facebook usually was in the beginning of a chronological order, it's not that anymore. And Instagram's going that way too. But Instagram's not as bad about this because the reason is because you're doing a picture and not an article. In an article, you can say more things. Picture, you only have so much room to actually do that. I mean, you could do the layout and do different picture, different multiple pictures, but still, you don't have that much room. So that's why it's not a big of a problem on Instagram. But Facebook has this problem because of their algorithm. Now, how do we change this or fix this? Well, I would get rid of the algorithm or replace it with the original one. However, it's a very business sense of the algorithm does help their ad business. You know, like. And if you're wondering why I'm talking about this, because it's an important thing because this does affect almost every industry. Fake news, bad news affects everybody. If Facebook can't be trusted, then why would you want to market your own business there? If um, if like bad news comes out about your company, but it's all completely false, but it doesn't matter because it was such a horrendous article that you did something so bad that people believed in, there's another problem with that as well. So there are multiple problems and it hurts multiple different industries. And if Facebook doesn't actually tackle it in the right way, which is basically saying, hey, why don't you actually read this article before you share it and get rid of your algorithms? But that's my two cents on that one. I I understand why Facebook's doing the journalism project. I don't agree with it because the problem is that the media has destroyed their trust with the public. That's my biggest problem about it. They have not actually come forward and be like, we're sorry, we will do, well, they, they have in some ways, and New York Times has come, come out and say, hey, we've messed up, we're gonna do a better job of not doing this, 
remains to be seen. But they've done the, the very trite uh, marketing, we're sorry, we'll do better type of a thing, which they need to do. Um, so hoping in 2017 that the media will actually wake up to know that they have a branding problem. And the only way to fix it is to stop doing what they've done last year, which they keep on doing for some other reason. Don't ask me. I mean, you could even make a really good case and argument, which fi- which BuzzFeed needs to fix, is that BuzzFeed is fake news. And people have very strong arguments about that. And they have, they have the right to talk about that. And so BuzzFeed needs to find itself again. BuzzFeed needs to make sure that it's actually doing actual factual news because if advertisers see this and be like, oh, you're doing all this fake stuff, I know that you have a lot of reach, but... If I cannot make sure that you are being actual and factual and there's so much bad negative press coming out about you, I may not want to invest in you. So that's another thing. You always be on the lookout about this, especially this fake news stuff, because it's a very big deal all of a sudden and people actually care about it. But yeah, it does affect many industries. It does affect the marketing industry because we have to figure out the best way to market and make sure that we are marketing to people that trust their sources and right now there's a lot of distrust and that's a that's a problem all right moving on to apps slash programs you should try out this week so there's something called surefly that allows you to do screen sharing from any web browser that's right so if you want to you know screen share from service and support remote sales uh remote consulting and shared fun this is probably the one for you um, and you can get like, support, you can do demos, um, it's just, there's a free trial, so uh, as always, look at the pricing of it, because it's probably not going to be, it's it's not going to be, it's never cheap, to be honest with you, anything's never that cheap, uh, but if it's a good product, then you probably should, you probably should uh, figure it out, and see if it's actually any good, if not, eh, whatevs, you don't, you don't, ha- you don't have to do it, I mean, it's all about you. But if you really, really want to know the price, the Pro is around 20 bucks, Prisons is around 30 bucks, and the Enterprise is, well, really expensive, $600. So make sure that you understand that. All right, there is another plugin called Uber Plugins. It's a Photoshop extension for a bunch of different tools. So something called Uber Stock, which is on sale, but it gives you more than more than 20,000 free stock photos in your Photoshop, which is actually pretty cool. User Picks is hand-picked select of 100 free sample avatars. Not bad. Uber Space, which is usually 11, 12 bucks is five bucks, and the panel will help you set the same uh, distance between layers, and very handy to use. Uber Columns, which is about 20 bucks, is divide your paragraphs into two columns. It's easy with Uber Columns as well. There's also other ones, Uber Faces, which is free. It says insert random generated handpick free avatars in your UI. Uber Frame is five bucks. It, it presents your design of mockups inside a web browser or video player. Thought Finder, in, import PSDs to artboards, export artboards to PSDs. Uh, Uber Tube, which is in, which is another free one, inserts Vimeo or YouTube channels into your Photoshop document with one click, which actually is pretty cool. And Uber Line, which create dotted, dashed, or column custom link underlines for your text in. You can just click on it, and it's around five bucks. Now there is a bundle, which is twenty-five dollars instead of sixty-seven dollars. So if you're looking for the whole bundle package, that's the one for you. 
So check it out. It's called Uber Uber Pack Uber Plugin, probably Uber Plugin, not Uber Pack. Uber Pack is the one you buy. Uh, anyways, going on to Nectar Desk, which is a call center software in the cloud. It's all in the cloud. Um, so you, it's there's a free trial, but there's prices for this as always. Um, there, there's advanced analytics for agents, 24/7 call support. Um, it'll kind of see the calls and different kind of analytics that you will be able to monitor and measure from all your different agents. Now there is a free version and it's per month per agent. It's about zero, uh, four cents per minute up to three agents, $10 per line, one queue. And there's $25 for the basic. It's the same four cents per minute up to 10 agents, up to five queues and one free number per set and call recording for one month instead of seven days and basic contact center features instead of basic analytics. And there's $49 and $99 other prices. So there's a seven day trial, so I would do the trial first see if you actually like it. And that is the end of morning marketing. And I hope you guys have a great day. As always, be sure to follow Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Autocast, Acast, and many more. Um, also, if you like these podcasts, be sure to uh, support me through Patreon and Podbean. I really appreciate it. Also, follow Digital Coffee on all the social media channels with Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. I'm on Twitch. I'm on Player.me, Anchor Radio, all of them. I'm everywhere. Uh, so, yeah, be sure to do that. Also, uh, I have great T-shirts, coffee mugs, and a sweatshirt for sale on my store. So check it out. So join me on Wednesday when I go through tech in uh, digital coffee. All right, guys, have a good rest of your day and see you Wednesday later.